Hey, seasoned athletes, I'm Robin Leggett, and this is episode 74 of the Seasoned Athlete Podcast. Seasoned Athlete is your home for inspiring stories and motivational advice from competitive athletes representing a wide variety of sports who all share one common bond. They are all over 40 years old. We are here to prove one story at a time that age does not have to prevent you from achieving your bold athletic and fitness goals. If you like what you hear, I would love it if you'd subscribe, share with your friends, and leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. And if you really love us, you can support our ability to continue to bring inspirational stories to you by way of either a one-time donation or by becoming a monthly sponsor. Just go to seasonedathlete.me and click on one of the support seasoned athlete buttons to help support this DIY independent podcast. Over the nearly three years since I started this podcast, I've had the pleasure and honor of interviewing athletes ranging in age from 40 all the way to 92 years old. Well, I'm excited to say that today, that end number goes up. Yup, we now officially have a new person to earn the distinction of oldest guest to be on the Seasoned Athlete Podcast. But you'd hardly know it by listening to him. Today's guest is the definition of young at heart. And in the midst of all the dark and heavy things going on in our world today, I think we're ready for an honest-to-goodness, inspiring, feel-good story, which is why I think the timing couldn't be better to share my interview with Richard Monty Montgomery, a 93-year-old Spartan racer who does not understand the concept of saying no to a challenge. So let's get right to his story. Let's get to know Monty Montgomery. Hi, Monty. Hi, how are you? I'm great. I'm so excited to be talking to you today. Are you ready to drop some seasoned athlete knowledge on our listeners? Oh, I'm ready. Wonderful. You are Richard Monty Montgomery of Fort Lauderdale, Florida. You're a husband, father of two, grandfather of eight, and great-grandfather of two. Did I get that right? Sounds about right to me. I'd have to stop and count. (laughs) Well, we don't have time for that, so we'll just go with it. Um, You're an Army vet and a retired firefighter. And you're definitely what we would classify around here as a late in life athlete and not just athlete, but I'd even go so far as to say extreme athlete. So uh, let's go over some of these notable stats. Your first triathlon was at age 48. You ran your first marathon at 58. You went skydiving at 75, hang gliding at 89, bungee jumping for your 90th birthday. And now you are doing Spartan races, having completed four so far. Is that right? And I did a climb for air the other day on for my 93rd birthday. Oh, and you just gave away your age. I was going to ask that, but you did a cl- I, I can't wait to find out about that. And that was just the other day, folks, that he did yeah. that. Because I'm 93 and 10 days. 93 and 10 days. Happy birthday, first of all. Thank you. <laughs> and second of all, you being 93 officially makes you at this point the oldest person that I have or am interviewing for season athlete. Well, I don't know if I want that record or not. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if you're going to have that record, it means that you're living in a way in which you have earned the distinction of being a season athlete at 93. And so I think that's a pretty amazing record to have. Yeah. Well, when I did my bungee jump, I thought I'd be the oldest person, but there was a guy that was 95 that did it. So no kidding. So, yeah, yeah, it sounds like you actually have some catching up to do then. (laughs) Yes, I do. 
<laughs> you're a little behind when you did that at 90. So let's go back in time a little bit um, or a, a quite a bit. Uh, when did you start playing sports and what did your early athletic life look like? Did you play sports at all when you were young, when you were growing up? Well, the only thing that I did, you know, really when I was young was uh, sandlot things, you know, playing football or baseball or something, just a bunch of guys would get together. And if somebody had a baseball bat or somebody had a football, we'd just get together. But no uh, organized sports of any sort. And not even in high school. I went out for the football team, which was about the only sport they had. And they never gave me a chance to show what I could do, so I finally quit. But uh, I really got into, I guess you would call it sports, because I got into the swimming. And uh, I used to love the water, and uh, I, I swam a lot. <laughs> and then uh, there was a, well, I lived in Norfolk, and uh, one of the former uh, Olympic swimmers said that he was going to drink one martini and swim all the way across the bay there, the Hampton Roads, which I didn't think it was that far. And I said something to the guys I work with that, well, that's no big deal. I can do that. And so they, oh, yeah, Monty, sure you can. So I thought, <laughs> I'll go ahead and do it. So I give him a little head start, and uh, I swam the whole way. I don't think he even made it. But uh, then that was not really a competition or anything, but it sort of got me interested. And then when I moved to Florida and got interested in spearfishing, I uh, found out that they had these contests for spearfishing. And so I uh, uh, entered myself into a lot of spearfishing contests. Uh, over the years, I must have been in about 20 of them. And uh, that was the real, you know, competition with other people that I was in. And when I got on the fire department, the uh, one, one of my friends asked me to go uh, to the park and go running with them. And pretty soon we were running a little further each day. And he said, let's do a 10K. And uh, I thought, I don't know if I could ever do that. But uh, that was the beginning of my little running career that I had. And I, I did a whole lot of 10Ks. And then I decided, since I was a pretty good swimmer, why not try the uh, triathlons? And then I got into triathlons. And uh, I never made any great strides except I did win first place one time but <laughs> it was kind of funny because three of us from the fire department were in this triathlon and each of us got first place in our age group and the only reason that I got first place is because it was the oldest age group that I had ever entered it was uh, 50 and over <laughs> and the funny thing is um doing pretty good i thought i passed a lot of people and so forth and we're getting near the finish line and there's this guy in front of me and he's got gray hair i thought oh no and i just gave it everything i had for that last couple hundred yards i was at the point where i went over the finish line that i had to dry heaves i couldn't get my breath or anything else but i beat him <laughs> then i found out he was only in his 40s <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, it's kind of funny. And I, I'm a competitive Spartan racer. And so you don't know all the time you're, who's in your age group and you make assumptions, right? No, and so that's, like, <laughs> that's very true. Yeah. Some people look old when they're in their thirties and other people look young in their seventies mm-hmm. and sixties, you know? Yeah. And so I guess the moral, the moral of that story is pass everybody. Right. Don't <laughs> judge a book by its cover. Yeah. Pass every book. but that's that just shows your competitive drive that you were so close to the end of the race and you're like this guy could be a competitor of mine i'm gonna get him yeah well i hadn't been that close to winning anything before i thought i'd just want to be able to finish it but here's my chance and i wasn't going to give it up that's right and you earned that win for sure yep so you started, you know, you kind of, you seems like, it seems like you were always active, like in some way or another, you were always active and you're also in active professions. Um, can you talk about how, what you did for work might've played into how you are living an active lifestyle now? Well, for most of my life until I got on the fire department, I was a baby photographer. No kidding. <laughs> yep. And that was one of the toughest jobs I ever had. I mean, I imagine. you probably with two-year-olds and get them to sit still and keep your mother, the mother out of the picture and carry all that equipment up two or three stories and set it all up. Uh, it, you stay in pretty good shape. Yeah, that's and, probably, that's a much more physical job than people probably think it is. Oh, it is that more so than the fire department. I mean, the fire department, you might be sitting around doing nothing for hours and then suddenly you're using every bit of energy you have and all the fear that you have within one hour, you know? Right. It's all, that's like interval training. Like you're you're resting and then you're really going. Exactly. Yeah. And, and then I also uh, got into all the five K's and the triathlons and 10 K's and half marathons. And I, I did one marathon, but, that was after I got on the fire department and guys that were on the fire department, especially a friend of mine, Andy Sendry, kind of got me into doing these things. And, and it was a lot of fun. And the thing of it is, the nicest people that I think I uh, have come across and the most uh, amazing people were in these type of things, the triathlons and the runs and that sort of thing. Just really exceptional people. Yeah. And that's something I hear quite a bit and I experience it too, because I do all these runs, I do Spartan races and you made two really interesting points there that I think could be a benefit to the listeners. And number one is sometimes it's not our idea to go do a race. Sometimes it's somebody else's idea. Sometimes it's family, friends, coworkers, and it's fun to do these things with others. And so it's a nice, that's sort of part one of the community and then part two is the community you find once you're there. And that's what keeps you doing it because it's true. And I, the people on my podcast have said it over and over again, that sporting communities are some of the best communities you'll ever encounter. Uh, can you speak a little more to what you've experienced in those communities? Well, I think more or less what I said, that some of the most amazing people that I meet, uh, like Amber. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And Amber, I mean, 
for our listeners, Amber, we're talking about Amber Klein, uh, who yeah. is involved with Spartan Race, and many people in the Spartan Race community know her, and she's a, she's an excellent example of someone in these communities that really yeah. just needs to be. But then again, the uh, group uh, called the Enduring Warriors, I don't, you familiar with them? Yeah, Operation Enduring it's, Warrior, right? Exactly. Those guys, I mean, you get people with one arm, one leg, no legs, but they're still out there and they're doing the whole Spartan race. And uh, they're just unbelievable. I mean, it's hard to imagine how much effort and stuff that they must put into it to be able to, to do one of these Spartan races with the handicaps. And uh, <laughs> I don't know why, I think they sort of adopted me because they they didn't think that anybody my age would be out there, right? But <laughs> but they were helping me, and here they're like I said, one leg, one arm, no no legs, and they were assisting me in a couple of the challenges along the way on some of the obstacles. Yeah, and I. <laughs> I remember the rings and I started doing the rings and I just couldn't do it. And they said, you're going to do it, Monty. And they all got down and leaned over and made me crawl over top. <laughs> so. Yeah. I, I saw that you you run with them and I think that's really cool. And I want to talk about that some more. Um, I, just to clarify for the audience, like Operation Enduring Warrior is an organization that works with primarily with veterans, I believe, and veterans who have been injured um, in right. their service. To, to show them that they can do whatever they want to do. They don't have to feel like they're, uh, because of their handicap that they can't compete or yeah. uh, keep up with the uh, uh, jobs and so forth that are available to them. Yeah. And so it's a great confidence builder and it's very inspiring. I once ran a Spartan race during the para elite competition. So these were all the para um, athletes that many of them mm -hmm. were missing arms and legs and they were on teams on the course. And I remember running by a group and just knee jerk reaction for me is to tell people good job. And so I was running by them. I said, good job guys. And they said, don't tell us good job. Tell us to keep going. And so that's, that's what they're all about. Like they don't, they don't, there's no patronizing or anything. And that's not what I was trying to do, but they just like, tell us to push because we're here to push. And so I do. Yeah. And so they've taken you under their wing. <laughs> uh, on, have you run all your Spartan races with them? Yes. Yeah. Well, okay. no, wait a minute. I take back the first one. Uh, <laughs> my wife had had a, uh, hip replacement and there was a physical therapist here at the house to help her and I was out back trying to do some pull-ups and she asked my wife what I was doing and uh, my wife says oh he's he wants to get in this Spartan thing she said I do those she says I'll go with him <laughs> so she went with me the whole route more or less like uh, Amber did in the last race that I was in but I mean, not not to really help me physically, but to be with me. And I guess they figure, well, the old fart might drop dead. <laughs> but, yeah, just make sure you're okay while you're out there doing yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I think it's their maternal instinct. Sure. So what was it about Spartan Race that made you decide that you wanted to do something like that? 
Well, what it appealed to me was because it wasn't a race to see how fast you could go on a bike or a run, but obstacles. And when I was a kid, that's all I did was climb trees and climb under and jump off of things and, you know, all the kind of things that they have in a Spartan race. And uh, so I, I kind of thought, well, I'm going to go ahead and try it. I, I did the same thing at the YMCA. I uh, found out they had a gymnastics class there and I thought, I think I'll try that. I've never done any gymnastics, but it looked like a lot of fun. <laughs> How old were you so, when you went to gymnastics class? 87. I love it. I love it. And uh, so I, I guess she was very nervous, the instructor. And so she wanted me to do a few things and I climbed the rope and did a couple other things. She said, Oh my God, Monty, I don't know anybody your age can do what you do. I said, Of course not. They're all dead. <laughs> <laughs> but but it was a lot of fun, and I never got to the point where I could do some of the things they did, but I had fun trying. Yeah. This is what I like about you, Monty, is that you're open to anything, it sounds like, and it, you're not letting your age dictate what you can and can't do or what you should or should not do. I'm sure there's other people in your life that are like, but maybe, but you're saying, I'm going to try this. Like, what is it about you that, where you, what got you to the point where you you don't have these limits on yourself. Well, I've always liked challenges. You know, somebody says, you can't do that. Well, you'd never be able to do that. Just like the swim across Hampton Roads. All the guys kept bugging me and said, oh, money, big deal. And I knew that I could do it. Mm -hmm. So what the hell? I'll show them. Yeah. So what you're saying <laughs> but, is. But basically, if I, if I do something uh, like the Spartan race or something. It's just to sh for myself, uh, the, mm -hmm. to prove to myself that I can still do these things. Yeah. Yeah. And so what I'm getting is the worst thing someone can say to you is you shouldn't do that or you can't do that. <laughs> well, that would be a good challenge for me to take up on. Yeah. To give me a list of things that I shouldn't do. And then you'll be kept busy for a good long while and <laughs> proving everybody wrong. <laughs> Oh, I don't know. I can't think of him. Yeah. Well, and you've already... I, I, was, I was looking at the Ninja Warrior thing. Oh, hey. Okay. <laughs> now we're talking. Yeah. The trouble is sometimes, like my wife says, I used to. She says, you use that word so much because uh, I used to do this and I used to do that. And uh, I used to do all these pull-ups and I used to get up in the morning and do push-ups and while I was holding my breath to, you know, train for the spearfishing and stuff. But sometimes up your mind says, oh, I can do that. But the body says, are you crazy? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I really can't. But I have to try it to find out that I can. Right, right. So you, you continually remain open to possibilities. I, I try to. Yeah. And it, I mean... Regardless, you're 93 years old, you're doing things that most people half your age aren't willing to do a lot of the time or two thirds your age. You are able to do quite a bit like you're out on the Spartan course. You are working with people who are helping you, but you're out there doing these things. I saw you climb the slip wall. I saw that video. So I'm seeing you do things that that most people your age wouldn't touch. 
Can you tell me about how you've been able to maintain your physical health through the years and the importance of maintaining physical health and mobility to be able to do these things? Because that's that's really key. Well, I think a lot of it is because of my love for the water. I've always been into diving and spearfishing and so forth. And when I retired from the fire department, we bought this boat and we were going to try it and see if we liked living on a boat for a year or so. And it wound up, we lived on it for 16 years. And we spent a lot of time in the Bahamas and we'd get up in the morning and go for a swim, come back and have breakfast and then jump in the dinghy and go out and we'd be diving all day long. And by the time we come back and have a a little bit to eat, you couldn't keep your eyes open. (laughs) I mean, but all the time you think you're really having fun and you are, but you're also doing a lot of exercise. And uh, I think that helps, you know, maintain your physical ability and so forth. Yeah. And not only were you doing exercise, you were doing low to no impact exercise. Because anytime you're in the water, you don't have the impact. So that creates more longevity and less wear and tear. That's right. Yeah. It's a lot better than football. Right. Yeah. Like people who play football, their bodies generally break down a little sooner than yours have. They do. Yeah. Yeah. By the time they're in their 50s or 60s, they're crippled. Yeah. And so you've been able to really maintain your mobility through the years because of your love for being in the water and spending all this time doing low to no impact, but highly physical activity. And I have good genes too. My mother was almost 105 before she passed away. So yeah, that might have something to do with it. Yeah, sure. Could play a role, but I definitely think just living an active lifestyle and, and low impact activity. And if that, I mean, that's a big, that's a big takeaway for the audience who wants to maintain longevity and mobility through, you know, through their nineties, taking up something like swimming can play a big role because it's minimizing impact on your joints. Well, swimming too, you use most every muscle in your body, really. Mm-hmm. I mean, but at the same time, you're not overstressing any particular uh, part of your body, except maybe your shoulders or arms. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's amazing that that's played such a role and it explains a lot about how you're able to do, to then do some more high impact activities as you've aged. <laughs> All of these people so excited about my age because I, I never even think about it. Right. It's, it's, it's not a big deal to you. <laughs> well, I just keep doing the same things that I've always done. Right. Uh, it isn't like I just started out suddenly and decided to become some kind of an athlete or anything of that sort. Yeah. I'll tell you what people connect with. Um, And especially when I read your bio and it, and it talked about all the things I I mentioned in the beginning of the interview that, you know, your first triathlon, you were first triathlon, you were 48, you know, some people listening aren't there yet and maybe haven't done anything. And so people have a mindset that like, Oh, well I should have started this when I was much younger. I can't do it now. But your story says it's not too late. You can start when you're almost 50. You can be uh, skydiving at 75. You can be hang gliding at 89 and bungee jumping at 90 and go, so on and so on. 
even if you haven't been doing this stuff your whole life, that it's never too late to get started. And so that's, I think that's what people connect with when they, when they hear your story. It's like, oh, this inspires me if I have never done any of this to maybe start doing it now. Yeah, there's no reason not to. It's like a Chinese, what's his name? Said Confucius. To, uh, to start a thousand mile journey, one must take first step. Absolutely. And the same way with anything else, even triathlon or spearfishing or Spartan, anything. You start out at, as a beginner and you don't start out as a top athlete or you don't start out being completely in shape. It, it takes a little while, but it, the fun of it is getting in shape and, and finding a lot of other people that are, there may be a, a lot younger than you, but they're interested in doing the same thing. And, and uh, there's a camaraderie there. Yeah. And, and that's, that's what gets, that's the hook. That's what keeps you going and keeps you doing it. But very wise words that, you know, I think so many people have an expectation that they want to be the best at something right away. And you have to take the steps and you have to take the time and be patient with yourself. And eventually you'll get there. But, but everything is within our reach if we are willing to take those steps. Well, that's pretty true. Yeah. So let's, uh, let's go back in time. I want to know what was, and hopefully we're looking back on a lot of years here, but what was your worst race or event or just your worst day or hardest day, whether it was racing or competing, um, the hardest, the worst or the hardest event you did? Well, the hardest, I don't, I really don't know which was the hardest or the one that I was most disappointed in was we'll go with that. Uh, telling my wife, uh, I was in the spearfishing contest and my fish and the team from the other uh, guy from the other team had another fish and they waited out on the reef. Uh, there was a place out there on the boat they could weigh it. And both fish weighed exactly the same. And so they said, well, we'll take it in, into town and we'll weigh it on a more accurate scale and see whose fish was the largest for first place. Well, I guess he put his fish in the ice box and it was full of water and ice and stuff, whereas mine was drying out. So when we got there, his must have weighed about a tenth of an ounce more. Well, being a good sport, I'm, I wasn't going to argue with him or anything. So I thought, well, I'll get second place anyway. So, all right, they're giving out the awards and the guy gets first place and he gets a trip to South America. And then, Second place, and the guy hands me a keychain. <laughs> oh. I thought, is this what I get for second place <laughs> for a tenth of an ounce? Oh man, <laughs> that's just insulting. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't believe it. But I mean, I wasn't gonna right. make a big fuss about it. You know, I didn't want to seem like a bad loser or anything. Right. What did Even you, you were, you know, deep down inside, but just not outwardly. What did you learn from that moment? Was there a, like a takeaway that you learned from that moment? Uh, Other than put your fish in water? <laughs> yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head. <laughs> like, you know, everything's got strategy, right? And sometimes that's true. You and, know, uh, including that. I was even 
uh, showing somebody over at the, you said you saw that picture of me climbing that mm-hmm. uh, slope, slip you know. Yeah. But there's a technique there and just the way you hold the rope. And there was a guy there who looked like he was all muscles and he was having a heck of a time. And I said, if you don't mind me showing you something, I said, I think I could help you. He said, sure, go ahead. And I said, look, take your hand this way and pull the rope. And I said, I've had pull up a lot of anchor ropes and I can tell you it's a lot easier to do. He grabbed the rope right up the top. But before that, he he was having a, a very difficult time. So sometimes your life skills can play a role. Oh, uh, certainly. I think there's a lot of techniques and and a lot of uh, uh, thought goes into uh, some of these uh, things. It's it's not just brute strength. Oh, absolutely. If you learn the technique, it saves you energy. Well, (laughs) I've climbed a lot of ladders on the fire department and uh, we, we had obstacle courses that we went through, you know, with the fire department stuff. And, and as a child, I, that's all I did was climb and jump and, you know, compete with other kids. So perhaps I learned a lot myself along the way. And of course, as far as boating, you know, that helped me a lot with pulling the, you know, climbing ropes and so forth. So in some ways, you've been training your whole life for Spartan Race. Well, I may have been, but I didn't realize it. You just didn't know it. So yeah. that's another takeaway. Just the things we do in our lives play a role in the in the competitive goals that we want to accomplish. We just don't always know it. That's very true. Yeah. I believe that. So we talked about your worst event where you lost a trip to South America, but got a really, hopefully, nice keychain. <laughs> no, it wasn't a very. Oh, wasn't even it a was good teaching. A L M, and it was a little ring. <laughs> oh, that's a, such a sad story. All right, so let's talk about your your best race or your best event um, or your favorite one. Can you tell me about that? Well, I I think the one where I beat the gray haired forty year old guy in the, the triathlon, the young the silver fox. <laughs> yeah, that was the only triathlon that I ever won. You know, I would get in them and I'd want to see what I could do and see if I could improve. But not many chances of me, uh, you know, winning. And in fact, most of them, when they first started out, was like under 35 and over 35. Mm. And finally, they got to the point where they did have older age groups. And uh, if they had had an over 90 age group in the Spartan, I would have been number one. Right. The one of one. Some were dead. Yeah. The rest were dead. <laughs> or just not showing up that day. But yeah, you would yeah. probably be one of one. <laughs> yeah, Hopefully right. not for long. Hopefully someone listening to this interview will be inspired and then you'll have some competition out there. Oh boy. I'm looking <laughs> forward to it. Yeah. So um let's talk about challenges you face. Uh you're 93 years old. You are running Spartan races and doing competitions that many people half your age aren't even thinking of doing. What are the biggest challenges you face when it comes to doing these types of events? Well, actually, the biggest challenge is the fact of my age, because no matter how hard I work out, 
by the time you're over 60, according to the doctor, you've already lost about 20% of your muscle mass. Yeah. And then you're unable to improve, to actually gain muscle. Uh, I've been take, taking, oh, excuse me, uh, some amino acid pills that are supposed to help me a little bit. Uh, and I keep working at it. And my doctor said that I did gain four pounds of muscle. So okay. it must a little bit. Yeah. But basically anybody, you know, as they get older, they have a problem, no matter how much uh, enthusiasm they have, it, they have a difficulty gaining muscle. Mm-hmm. And, and that's a disadvantage. Yeah. And that's why strength training is important as we age, because we do have to fight. We're fighting muscle loss and it multiplies as we get older. So we have to combat that and try and gain muscle. Uh, what's a What's your typical workout? What do you do to work out? Well, I've been going over to, there's a park not too far from where we live and they have some hills and things. And they also have a bunch of exercise devices there. And I've been going over there and uh, first I'll put my ankle weights on and go around the circuit. And then I take the ankle weights off and then try to run it without the ankle weights. And then I go over to the, uh, exercise well there's a couple bars that i can try to practice pull-ups or uh, lay down and and do uh half pull-ups you know like lay the ground and pulling up and Mm -hmm. and chin-ups and then there are a couple machines there that be hard to describe but one that you push forward and pull backwards which i Mm -hmm. figure well that would be really good for pull-ups and push-ups because I'm doing that exercise and I worked on that thing really hard one day I thought boy I'll be sore tomorrow and I thought when I woke up that my arms would be sore instead (laughs) my stomach muscles were really sore you must have yeah you must have been tightening your core the whole time (laughs) (laughs) so it's really good for the whole system yeah but I didn't realize it when I was using the machine so yeah, you're doing strength training. You're adding ankle weights to your to your cardio. And then in between, oh, and and I forgot. In between, I go to the Y, and they have a class there. It's called boot camp. Okay. And, and it's a pretty uh, exhausting class, and it, I I took it because it was sort of fit in with trying to be ready for the Spartan uh, race. And we do a little running and. Uh, different exercise uh, with weights sometime, without weights and so forth. And it's a pretty good course. In fact, most of the girls there, and it's 90% girls, I think there's only two other guys in the class, and they make me look like a wimp. I keep telling them, you could, any of you could get in a Spartan class and, and, and do that race, but people in their minds think that they can't do it and well yeah that's 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 what we're trying you and i are trying to fight that and we're trying to get more people to believe in themselves as a matter of fact yesterday when i was over at the park there was a lady there on a bike and she had stopped and she was trying to take a selfie of her picture uh, selfie of herself and i said do you want me to take that for you i can stand by and take she said oh thank you so i took a picture of her and I said, are you training for something? She said, no, I'm out here. I just want to lose some weight and so forth. And I, 
I said, well, I'm over here trying to train for the Spartan race. And I got to talking to her. And she said, oh, I could never do that. Oh, and that makes I, me crazy. I said, you don't think you can do it, but you can. I said, first of all, you don't have to do everything that's there, and you don't have to do it on your own. The very first obstacle that I did and the first Spartan race that I did, uh, I went over the six-foot barrier, and then there was a 10-foot barrier, and I was trying to get over it. And a guy came out and he says, here, let me help you. And I said, no, no, it won't count if you help me. Cause I didn't realize mm -hmm. that, you know, it's fine that everybody yeah. helped everybody. Yeah. yeah. And so I was telling her and I think she kind of interested. Maybe she'll show up the next time. Nice. Next race. Monty, I love that you're out recruiting for races everywhere you go. <laughs> You are well, the best ambassador. Yeah. Well, I don't want to recruit too many of them. I mean, Spartans get too damn rich with all these thousands of people that are paying at least $100 a piece to get on there. You don't I want like it to go to their heads. <laughs> <laughs> Need a little space out there. But then you just can't help it, though. You see people, and they don't, they don't have a goal, and they, you know they can, and they don't believe it. When they say I could never, that is my biggest pet peeve. That, that lights me up, and I'm like, oh, no, you can. Like, <laughs> let me tell yeah. you how you can, and let me help you do it. So hey. you and I are kindred in that way, because I, I do the same thing. Um, but you're out there just trying to get people to even just think bigger for themselves, which I think is really, really great. Yeah, I tried to get some of the ladies at the Y to, to compete, and I did have one... Uh, girl and she was really interested but her husband was going to be out of town that weekend of course she was you know going with him so she never was able to make it maybe she will next time who knows well send them to me and i will i'll make sure that they get all the all <laughs> okay. the, the right information and help that they need because <laughs> i my my personal mission is helping to get more women and especially older women out on the course because i Definitely not enough of that. Um, I talk to my wife. Oh, yeah. She's first on my <laughs> list. <laughs> no, I don't think she's <laughs> However, However, what, she's from New Zealand, and I met her when she first came over here, and she didn't swim or anything, and I got her into diving. And a year later, she was a national spearfishing champion. So you never know. You never know. You got to be open to it, just like you, Monty. That's right. That's right. And um, how long have you two been married? Oh, uh, we're newlyweds. Uh, of how many years? 50, 59 years. Oh, just getting started. Yeah. Your bride, your blushing bride. I love it. I love hearing stories like that. It makes me happy. And just as in love as ever? Oh, yeah. I mean, you can't say no. She's right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I wouldn't say no anyway. I know. And she really helped us get this call going. So she's the hero in this, in this podcast interview. Between her, between her and my daughter, my daughter thinks I'm John Wayne or something. She's, yeah. Your daughter's running your PR. Like she certainly is. I told her, I said, you know, you're my public relations officer. Yeah. You need to put her on a salary. She's doing a great job. <laughs> she, she's the, the, not the first race, but the one that she knew about. And she comes out there and she's got a big sign made, Monty Montgomery, uh, World War II veteran, 32-year uh, fire department. And she brought all her friends. 
Oh, that's so cool. You had a cheering section. Well, and everybody should know that. Like that's, everybody should know who you are out on that course. Yeah. That's why I'm talking I'm to you like today. a celebrity or something. Yeah, you're, yeah. Kind of, you're kind of becoming one. You know, oh, between, yeah. between Amber and your daughter, and now I'm helping out. Like, guess what? You're becoming famous, at least oh, in the Spartan world. <laughs> maybe I should run for office. You know, we could use the help. <laughs> yeah, we could that. <laughs> so I talked about we talked about the challenges you face. I also like to ask, what kind of benefits do you find you're encountering being being your age? What kind of unique benefits that maybe people who are younger don't have that you're bringing to to the to competition to your fitness now? Oh, well, you haven't heard of the early birds. Go on. The early bird restaurants where no. all us old people go there. Oh, like early bird special. <laughs> is that that's key? Is like eating early? Eating. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, you were asking me about the. the oh, benefit. the benefits you get. No, I wasn't. Yeah, I wasn't talking about senior citizen discounts. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what I was going to mention next. Yeah. The senior citizen. I. I Go buy something. I said, Do you have a senior citizen discount? No. Do you have a veterans discount? No. Uh -huh. Do you have a firefighter's discount? I, I run out of things for discounts after a while. Right. So that is a start, though, like being able to afford to do these things, you can utilize these discounts. Yes, there, there is. There's, there's some benefits, but I would rather be the young person that didn't need them. Right, right. But are there any uh, like mental or physical benefits that you find? you're able to access at your age. I'm just glad that I still have all my faculties. A lot yeah. of people my age don't. It's true. It's very true. I'm still able to do all the things that I did when I was 40. So yeah, that's benefit. Yeah. And, uh, well, and you're bringing in all those life skills that, that you didn't know you, that you didn't know these were going to be things that you were going to use in a race. <laughs> no, <laughs> but you you actually have access to to all of these skills and abilities and techniques that you've accumulated in your life that you're now using for fun. Well, that's true. A lot of things that you well, as we, all of us get older, we certainly benefit from some of the experiences that we previously had when we were younger, and that's the way we progress. Yeah. Yeah. And I hear that a lot with the people I interview too, is just like, just being more experienced and, and knowing yourself a little more, knowing when you can push and when you need to not push. Um, well, I haven't got that far yet. You I, haven't I, got I, that far. Cause, cause your mind, <laughs> how old do you think you are in your mind? Uh, I'd say I'd be 40. All right. So you're about 40 years old in your mind. So your mind wants to do things that, that you were able to do back when you were 40 and your body's like, hold up. <laughs> and most of my friends are well a lot younger than me too so i i just uh, never i mean I, I don't just hang around with a bunch of old people yeah. or, of, of course it's hard to do when you're in florida because florida is the home for all these old people they that is down. true that is true but uh it's you made an interesting point there and it's like you know so, a lot of people consider themselves old souls it sounds like you're more of a young soul well I try to be. Well, it's working for you, Monty. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. so um, let's talk about advice. So you are you are definitely leading by example right now. You're 93 years old. You're doing Spartan races. You're challenging yourself. What advice do you have for other people who would be 
of a certain age, whether it's your age or, or younger, when it comes to getting active or trying new sports like you have over the years, what advice would you have to give? I tell people, you know, if you would be interested in, in uh, getting into something like Spartan or triathlons or anything of that sort, to maybe you can find some other people that are just as interested in you and you're not going to start out and make any records, but if you have a lot of fun running together or swimming together or something of that sort, uh, you can, uh, you know, start a little competition between you and your friends and uh, you'll be getting better and better. And then if you want to try something like the Spartan race or anything else, uh, go ahead and try it and find out what it's like. And then the next time you'll know more or less how to train or what things you need some help in. In other words, I mean, I like, uh, I, uh, did real bad on the rope climb and stuff uh, the last time. So I've been trying, I haven't been climbing the rope, but I've been trying to do exercise to help. The funny thing is when I was on the fire department, there was a, we had the firefighter Olympics and we have all different kinds of sports there. We have triathlons and, uh, swimming races and, uh, 10 Ks and, you name it, you know, and I used to get into the rope climbing where you had to climb 20 feet and hit the bell there and you couldn't use your feet. You sat on the ground, you had to go up and I would train for it as well as I thought I could. And these two guys would always beat me. And so this one year I thought, what I'm going to do, I'll bring my weight belt and put it on when I practice and then climb the rope, you know, with the extra weight on and see if it's going to help. So comes time for the Olympics and I'm in there for the rope climb. And this guy that always beats me goes up first. And then I climbed it and hit the belt. And they said that my time was better than his. I got <laughs> second place. <laughs> Later Hopefully on. not a keychain. <laughs> no, that was just for the Olympics, you know. But the funny thing is, I I saw him uh, a little bit later, and he had the thing on video, and he's sitting there with his watch, watching him climb and watching me climb and looking at his watch. He just couldn't believe that I finally beat him. <laughs> and I got such a big kick out of it. So, yeah, you know you can. You've done it. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could do it now. But you but the point you made is like when you go out and you do these races, you don't you don't expect perfection at the first go. You're going to miss some no. things. But when you leave that race, you know exactly what you need to work on. And so you can focus on those things. And you also mentioned finding the community, like getting your friends involved, meeting the community and and once you do that, you realize you're not alone and it makes it a lot more fun because you have people with you, your friends are with you, you make new friends. And it it just becomes, you know, the camaraderie is so important and people don't assume that's that. A good way and it's a good way to meet a lot of uh, good friends and and people that are uh, they use this term all the time, awesome. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. But 
you, you do meet a lot of people that are exceptional and, and yeah. uh, above average, I would say. Yeah. And there, these are the people that are not going to be the ones that are going to say, you know what, Monty, you're too old. You shouldn't do this. Like none of them will say that to you. They are all going to cheer you on and encourage you to do it. And that's, that's why it's such a great community. I agree. I get out there and do nothing and they still cheer me on. <laughs> right. You got a cheering section and a sign and everything. Oh, I do. Yeah. And you're getting on podcasts and all of that. So Monty, what are your athletic goals for the future? I know races are kind of on hold for the moment, unfortunately, but. Well, I have one up in Boca. Uh, okay. In- it's probably not well, happening. My wife said that they, they're going to cancel that. Yeah. One, but well, not it, it would only postpone. be postponed. So yeah. sooner or later. Uh, and, and I've been. You know, trying to train for that. In fact, I was out at the park yesterday and I'm running and doing some exercise. I, and I would be today, but I've been trying to clean up my office. It's uh, well, people that have an office like mine are, are normal people, but people that have a, an office that's all neat and clean and everything's in place, they have a sick mind. <laughs> <laughs> You just validated my whole life, Monty. I'm in my office right now. There's shoes on the door and like trash every, like not trash, but like, I, I know I, it's my project too. Well, I, I want to clean my office too, because we're all stuck in our houses. So, but I get it. We're normal people. Clutters, you know, that's right. I like that. They're sick people. If they're beautiful, clean offices, Monty has I've, spoken. I've been trying to clean that office and i uh, three different books that I've been trying to look at and I've got probably 10 pages in each one and then trying to get out and do some exercise between going to doctors or going to some meetings or things of that sort. It seems like everything interferes with what you want to do. Yeah. Unfortunately. And especially right now, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. But just thinking ahead, like what, is there a new thing that you want to accomplish? Have you thought like, here's the thing I haven't done yet. Maybe I want to do that. Ninja Warrior is one of them. Yeah, I, that's what I was going to say, the Ninja Warrior. I'm not sure whether I might try that or not, but mm-hmm. it's in the back of my mind. And I, I haven't seen anything on the television about it lately. So uh, they probably have a circuit that they go on you know, starting at a certain time of the year. Yeah. You have to submit a video. It's based on my understanding. You have to submit an audition. And everybody who's on it has to submit an audition video. But I know right now they're on hold because of the coronavirus stuff. So you have time, you know, that you've been given. It sounds like you're thinking about it. I, I'm aware. Everybody tells me I should do it. And so it's it's on my radar. And I also know I've interviewed Ninja Warriors on my show and uh, I interviewed a Ninja Warrior in her 60s. So, you you know, you never know. Uh, but I think if you submitted a video, they'd, they'd put you on the show. So I hope so. Yeah. But anyway, uh, they used to have a, a program called the Fear Factor. Oh, and yeah. I applied for that. And they interviewed me and everything. But uh, I think they were afraid because of my age. I was close to 70 at the time, which I was only a kid. Right. But That's nothing. They, they never called me. So you know. the irony there is that the fear factor people got scared. That's right. 
Think about that for a second. You weren't well, scared. They were. You know, everything you do nowadays, there's lawyers involved mm-hmm. and they don't want anybody to get hurt or yeah. be sued, you know. So it, it makes it tough. Yeah. I'm yeah. surprised with Spartan, but at least when you do Spartan, you sign a waiver and everything. So, yeah. And, and the same way when I did my gym, took the gymnastics class, <laughs> they said, Oh yeah, you better sign this waiver. Yeah, yeah, you're signing. <laughs> you're signing all the waivers. <laughs> but then you get to do stuff, and it's cool when you get to do yeah, stuff. Yeah, right, absolutely. So, Monty, um, before we wrap up, if you could leave us with one parting piece of wisdom, what would that be? Just live life as full as you can. Simple and to the point. And you're doing it. And you're, you're living by example. I'm trying. You are. You, you're not just trying. You're doing it. Monty, uh, do you know how people can follow you online or maybe follow Operation Enduring Warrior? And I can share this information on our website, too. Um, <laughs> I, I'm not even exactly sure about okay. this following. A lot of people are uh, send me messages and stuff on Facebook. Yeah. That's what the following means. Yeah, that's one way. So people can find you on Facebook and send you messages. I know your daughter runs an Instagram page for you. Um, I know, but I've been trying to figure out how to get to it. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually looking it up right now so I can share it with people. I think it's like T. Monty something or other. Um, yeah, it is. T. T. Monty. So you know at, more than I do. I do. Well, that's how I found you. So <laughs> at it's at T. Monty Spartan on Instagram. See, I'm telling you how you can follow you. <laughs> at T. Monty Spartan on Instagram. And I will share information um, in the show notes for this episode about Operation Enduring Warrior as well. Because it's a it's a great organization and it and, is and no, that, I love they, that they, they work really with you. are a, a really great organization and those guys they do so much and I just couldn't believe it when they even wanted me to be part of their group. Yeah, well, you belong with them and and you're all a team and you all are doing amazing things on the course together and I'm I'm so excited that you're out there and hopefully you know I'm West Coast you're East Coast. Hopefully I will get to see you at a race sometime. Hopefully we can make that work because I would really love to meet you in person and see you at a race and see you do your thing. Well, you too. Yeah. If you come over here and you're in a Spartan race, come up and say hi to me. I absolutely will. Absolutely. Monty, thank you so much for being on the Season Athlete Podcast. I'm glad we were able to make the technology work and uh, and get to know your story because it's it's amazing and very inspirational. You may not think so. You may think you're just living your life. But what you're doing is very inspirational to people of any age because you're you're making decisions about yourself that some people don't because they limit themselves. And by you leading by example and being open to trying new things at any age, hopefully you'll convince somebody else to do the same who might be listening, who might be questioning whether or not to do something. What my, it's my hope that they listen to your words and, and will make a decision to try something challenging and new for themselves. Um, just go out there and, and be open. And, and knowing that we can have years and decades ahead of us and you still have so much ahead of you and I can't wait to see what you do on the course and in your life so thank you once again for being on the show well thank you very much all right seasoned athletes here are my top three takeaways from Monty Montgomery number one don't judge your competitors by how they look in a race 
If you're an age group racer, you never know if the person in front of you is in your age group or not. So do as Monty does. Assume everyone is in your age group and try and pass them all. Number two, the things we do in our lives play a role in the competitive goals we want to accomplish. Monty started pursuing competitive sport later in life, but everything he did in his life gave him skills he's using now. You never know when and how you will utilize the things you do in your day-to-day life. And number three, the biggest takeaway of all is that there's no such thing as too old to do big, bold things. Monty continues to live a life of adventure in his 90s, and that should serve as inspiration to all of us that age should never be a limit on what we can do. Thanks again to Monty Montgomery. Follow his adventures on Instagram at Team Monty Spartan. Thank you for listening to the Seasoned Athlete Podcast. The music you heard in this episode is from a musician who is forever willing to face his fears, Jason Achilles. Learn more about him at jasonachilles.com. Hey, seasoned athletes, Robin here. Right now, it is more important than ever to build your strength, your resiliency, and your immunity as you face a lot of scary unknowns of the world we're living in. That is why I created my brand new coaching program I'm calling Ageless Armor Booster. This is an online program jam-packed with workouts, lessons, videos, coaching, and support that will help you become a bulletproof fortress of strength, resilience, and immunity in just four weeks. Because I want to do everything I can to help you build your impenetrable armor during this time when you really need it most, I packed this program with over $400 of value. With that said, I know money is tight for everyone right now. So I'm offering this program for just $97 for a limited time. That's how much I want to help you at this moment when you really need it. Head over to seasonedathlete.me to snag the program and start building your ageless armor so that you can stay safe, stay strong, and embrace your extraordinary.